Travolting presents The Fraser's Edge. Hosted by Jeff Sweeney and Stuart Elmore. Covering Encino Man. With special guest, Matabal. All right, we're recording. Uh, Rolling. And, uh, uh, Clapstick 3, 2. Right. Did that come across? Yeah, that came across in my speaker too. So just okay, cool. All right, so now we have two sync clap syncs on both yeah. ends, just in case. All Sounds right. good. Very cool. All right, we're rolling. So we're yeah, we're rolling. We're we're in, we're in it. And folks, we have just distrib- demonstrated all of Brandon Fraser's dialogue in the motion picture and scene. No, <laughs> hey, that's not that is not true. He has a lot of dialogue. He says a lot Gonzaga's. of Gonzaga's. <laughs> a lot of smart stuff. Yeah. Uh, oh God, what a good movie! <laughs> I I agree. What a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> just like yeah. Yeah. We're just like starting in hot. Sorry, Stuart. No, it's all uh, good. So I just want to start off right away and let you both know if you didn't know already. This movie is uh, not entitled Encino Man Worldwide. It is only entitled Encino Man in this, the country of the United States of America. Outside of the United States of America, it is titled California Man. Presuming that people in France would not know what the fucking Encino is. That's per- You know what? That's understandable. <laughs> I, I understand that. So they, they don't <laughs> understand that part. But they can understand and follow that right below this dude's backyard property, there's an ice block of a man. <laughs> yes. Hey, hey, it's hey. It's the look, Encino Stuart... part that we need to alter so they can understand it better. Yes. Stuart, they, they gave proper explanation. The teacher explained what people uh, what people who are incorrect, quote unquote, by him <laughs> uh, uh, know about this. <laughs> The teacher. They, they very clearly start with the teacher saying, hey, some people think that there's still glaciers underneath, uh, <laughs> where underneath we live. the surface. Uh, glaciers where we that live. move? <laughs> underground? Actually, that is true. We do have underground lakes. Well, yeah, we, we definitely glaciers. have like underground things that occur. I just am doubting that there's specifically miniaturized glaciers. Five that's feet. just like... <laughs> worm their way through the earth's crust with earthquakes carrying frozen men yes the, which is the plot of this movie for the audience um yeah uh so thank you for coming to travolting we're covering encino man <laughs> we're talking uh, about encino man on this episode of the fraser's edge jeff do you have any uh uh context to you? i have a lot of context you do have a lot of context we, you lot. thank you for listening to uh guilty until proven innocent or presumed guilty whichever, whatever you wanted to whichever be. title that you wanted to call it which matt good movie well uh, well i shouldn't say good movie but good it was, performance it was, good it was fine good fine movie good performance and a strange transition for fraser yes this is a weird one yeah so he he Started off with being a background extra in Child of Darkness, Child of Light. Goes right into Dogfight where he has a single line. Yeah. Pops up in a TV movie where he's like a lead character. Which is, it's a natural progression. It's very familiar as we talked about in the last episode with yeah. the none other, the the greatest actor to ever lived. Yeah, it's the Travolta. John Travolta. And so it makes sense like, you know, he paid his dues with those first few movies. Which, to pause, 
I have to then argue, Matt, why are you then talking to us about this movie and not Dogfight, which would be the equivalent of Carrie for Brendan Fraser? Uh, because I had seen Encino Man as a child. <laughs> I, I want to say Matt started off Travolting as our first guest um, in our initial iteration, and he's once again joining us for the first, uh, be the first guest of The Fraser's Edge. So whenever, you know, uh, that'll just be the trend. Whatever <laughs> the next one you pick is, I'll have to do the first one. I mean, uh, how into the movies of Tom Cruise? Are <laughs> What's his first like leading role in, t- in risky uh, business? For Tom Cruise? I'll watch that. Fuck it. I'll, I'll put, put my name in, uh, in there now. <laughs> I'm putting you on legend. <laughs> we still have two years before we make this decision. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a year and a half at least before we make this decision. Um, Stuart, Stuart do, you, do you regret this yet? Well, I'm just like, are we trying to dig ourselves in the Scientology hole, Jeff? <laughs> That's my question. Well, no, because we have Fraser. Anyway, we're not talking about it right Where now. Where it's a Scientology sandwich. Y- yes, exactly. That's what, what I, That's what I want it to be. What? Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, so, no. Uh, Encino Man, a motion picture. It's directed by Les Mayfield. Um. This is his first movie. He graduated from USC. Um, he worked on a lot of documentaries. Um, but this is his first movie shortly after he graduates college uh, from the USC School of Film. He'll later go on to do movies like Miracle on 34th Street and Flubber. Uh, so Stuart's like losing his shit in the corner of the room right now. Thinking about Flubber. Flubber. <laughs> Stuart's literally injecting Flubber into his bloodstream right now. Like am... the, the substance from the movie. I don't even know how he obtained it. Jackie. it's a sentient blob jeff okay (laughs) starring robin williams starring robin williams it is finest picture yes uh but this is a motion this is a buena vista motion picture uh which is disney great that's a a name i haven't heard in a long time (laughs) buena vista I mean, like, Buena Vista, like, productions. I, oh, I'm yeah. familiar with Buena Vista, the street, which is, like, two blocks from me. Oh. <laughs> that is, that is, uh, that's right. Matt lives in California. For he does. He, know. Matt, how far from Encino do you live? Uh, I, do I'm ha- Googling, you, it, Googling right it right now. Do you have a mobile rig? <laughs> Can we put you in a car? Can you drive to Encino? While we record let us know podcast. if you see any glaciers yeah, if you see any cavemen running around let us know right uh wait is this is this accurate wait it's very close to you isn't it encino is like the next town over or the next like neighborhood <laughs> over for me matt you should be a little nervous right now oh god you're gonna you're gonna send me out via field reporter <laughs> so you're a field reporter for live encino <laughs> we would call it man in encino yes um but no this movie kind of comes to fruition so the script had been written it was just kind of kicking around it's written by uh george zaloom and sean ships who don't have wikipedia pages which implies to me that they did not write anything else um but they wrote this movie and disney saw an opportunity they saw an opportunity in the early 90s because there was an MTV show that they were like, this this guy who hosts this MTV show, he's really popping off. I think we should make this kid a movie star. Who who, who are we talking about? We're talking about Pauly Shore, folks. Pauly Shore? <laughs> we're talking about Pauly Shore. I thought that what dude a, was dead. <laughs> what a great fucking performance by him. God damn. 
So Pauly Shore, because we got to talk about the we got to talk about Pauly Shore context before we can even talk about Brendan Fraser context. In this Are we going to talk about Sean Astin context? No, Sean Astin. <laughs> he does. He does. They paid him the most. He does. He does teen comedies in the nineties, three Lord of the Rings movies, and then does adult comedies in the two thousands. Ceases to exist. Pops hey, up in was, Stranger Things, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then once again disappears. I mean, he uh, he apparently only took this role because he wanted money to fund a short film he wanted to direct. Which, you know, you gotta respect the hustle. Yeah. You gotta respect it. But Sean Astin is not what gets this movie, like, pushed into creation. It's Pauly Shore, everyone's favorite VJ on MTV. Um, he hosted his MTV show, and he was a stand-up comic, and then one day... They're like, we're gonna make this kid a star. We're gonna put him in the pictures. We're gonna make. We're gonna put him in this movie, Encino Man. And his career has been popping off ever since. And so they offered um, Pauly Shore the, this movie, and they said, "We would like you to play Link." And Pauly Shore says, "No," because since he can't talk, he loses my sense of humor and my unique Pauly speak. Interesting. Um. I mean, this movie would not be what it is without the Pauly speak. <laughs> without the Pauly speak, uh, which is defined as the way Pauly would pause between syllables of key adjectives. It's like, yeah, dude, it's like very groovy. And you, you got to respect it, that. More, he... more like it's very groovy. <laughs> it's, hey, bud, D. Like, you got to respect that Pauly Shore doesn't, like, rather than just being like, yeah, I talk funny. That's my thing. Yeah. He's like, no, I pause between specific syllables of specific adjectives, not just words, adjectives. Yeah. And so they... got to respect it. He says he would like to play one of the teenagers. Yeah. But, you know, Shore or Pauly Shore, like, being in the movie is still what they were looking for. So, like, all right, if he can play one of the teenagers, we'll still make this movie. But we have to find a link, and we have to find the other kid. For the other kid to go to a somewhat bankable star, Sean Astin. Yeah. Who, like you said, did not want to do this movie. He said the words specifically, um, this is maybe the worst script I've ever read. The biggest piece of shit I've ever read. But he wanted to make his short film, so he agreed to do the movie. He got paid, like, how much money? Like $250,000, which in today's sta- uh, standards is not a lot. But for then, it was like it was good for that was... teen, teen. Like he was a young adult actor. Yeah. Um, they gave him the money to make his short film and agreeing to doing this on the, the idea that Sean Astin, people love him from the Goonies and Rudy. He'll be great in this. Yeah. And he's in it. He's he's there. But when it comes to Link, they, they were looking around a little bit, and they were just kind of, you know... Um, I'm trying to find... Okay, here we are. They were trying to find a replacement for Pauly Shore for their role, so they need someone with that similar... Well, not that similar energy, but someone with a goofy energy who could also act. So they were looking around, and eventually they do find Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Um, coming off of... He had, prior to this movie, actually filmed his next motion picture, School Ties. Yeah. It hadn't been released yet. Yeah, I believe School Ties is released after this, but it had been filmed before. And School Ties is a serious performance. Yeah. Um, and after, you know, doing innocent or Guilty Until Proven Innocent and School Ties, he saw himself as a serious actor. A thespian, you might say. Yes, thespian. Um, and he was worried that doing this movie would, like, have him 
redirected as like a comedy star, as a goofball, which that could kind never of happen. is what happens. Yeah. But, you know, they really pushed for him because they liked what he was doing. And he also just kind of has the look in the build yeah. for this character. Brendan Fraser is like six foot three. I, yep. I, I, I yeah. saw a letterbox review for a Brendan Fraser movie where it said Brendan Fraser is not a snack. He's the main course. <laughs> because <laughs> let's talk of like, I mean, he's got the body. He's got the body. He's got he's the goods. He's got the eyes, man. He's got the eyes. His eyes are, oh my God. <laughs> yes. Uh, but they finally convince him to do it, and they have their three main stars, and they go into production yeah. on this movie, um, Encino Man. Yeah. Um, was it filmed in Encino? It had to have been, right? It, there's no way it wasn't. Like, yeah, like, This had so. to have been filmed in actual Encino, because that would just be really disappointing if it wasn't. Yeah. So I'm not even going to look if it was, and just not let myself be disappointed if it's not. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> But um, I think we can... Ju- oh, before we jump in, um, Matt, I have to ask, what is your history with Encino Man? What drew you to this movie? Uh, so, it, I mean, it's parodied often, the the whole thing. Um, like, there's the, like, South Park parody parodies this movie, and I, I instinctively saw Encino Man and remembered that, but also I watched it as a kid. So I was like, I have I've seen this movie before, so I can at least talk about it a little bit. And then watching it again, uh, it's great. <laughs> yeah, I had a really fun time watching this movie this morning. I watched it with Becca, um, who I just okay. So what are you gonna say, Jeff? <laughs> what are you gonna say? I love Becca dearly. She's in the next yes. room. She revealed to me this morning she had a secret Polly Shore phase. <gasps> no, um, little Polly Shore action. Wait a minute. Becca! <laughs> oh, she's coming. Okay. <laughs> you had a, she had a Pauly Shore phase. I just think he's funny. <laughs> That's a Pauly Shore phase if ever I heard one, folks. Um, you can you can chalk that up. I feel so in the middle of a it's nice to know grievance. That, it's nice to know that she listens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, We're in the next room. <laughs> um, but yeah. Let's get uh, Becca in this as well. Let's let's have the, let's, let's have, get her set up the third mic. <laughs> yeah. As we pause right now, we could do it. Stuart, you could do that in like in like thirty seconds, right? Yeah, you, you could do that without hitting stop recording, right? I would have to stop the recording. Nah, you could just plug it in. <laughs> just plug nah, it in. I I would have to stop the recording. <laughs> okay. But Anyways. I, I had a really fun time watching this movie this morning. Yeah. I know, and we'll talk about it at the end, it got very poor reception when it came out. Yeah. Um, it did develop a cult following, um, and I would consider myself part of that cult following now <laughs> because Encino, Encino Man, call me an Encino fan. Uh, oh, <laughs> because... God. Yeah. I, I would know. say like it got me hooked in like the first act. And then it sort of had me in the first half. Not going to lie. Had me in the first half. Not going to lie. And then when they started throwing in like the prom stuff Mm. and then the cave woman, (laughs) I was like, I would say if there is a problem with this movie is that it becomes too much of a generic teen comedy at the end. Yeah. Like it almost is kind of circumstantial that he's a cave, (laughs) which is just a wild thing to say. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, but I still um, enjoyed it. I had a good time. Pretty much three dudes, two of them heavily on the spectrum, and that's it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much what this movie is. It's mm. uh, Well, at that point, let's just dive into it. 
Okay, so we we start in an Arctic tundra. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny to just look at this. Just interior interior cave Arctic tundra. Yes, ten thousand BC. Ten thousand BC. Uh, we 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 see some cave people. Yeah, played by Brendan Fraser. Some Homo sapiens. No, they're Cro Magnons. Cro Magnon. Stuart. Are you a fucking idiot? Is this, is, this, is, this, is, there's literally a fart, a fart in this movie where a teacher gives a lesson and drinks the word Cro-Magnon on the board. And this fucking guy comes on this podcast and said, you're so homo sapien. Like... I'm just. I should just take my headphones off right now and just leave the room. God forbid. I'm afraid to talk now. That, that Jeff. fucking day player you... actor did not come in to give that lesson for you to besmirch his legacy. Listen, this is a hostile environment now, and I do not feel he, he also, safe. He also. Uh, he must have just been asleep during that scene because he did also at the beginning of the sh- of, of this podcast miss the fact that they explained why. There was ice underneath the underneath <laughs> yeah, shot off backyard. <laughs> because the same teacher was like, glaciers are moving around under us. Listen, I would love to watch, see anybody try to watch this movie and just be bold, folks, and skip that fucking scene, <laughs> which just fills in all the gaps for you <laughs> and makes it all make perfect sense. It's like it's like hereditary, where there's that How one. How is this no. like hereditary? That one scene where there's the teacher's giving a lecture and it explains the rest of the plot of the movie. That's in a lot of movies, Jeff. <laughs> no, but I uh, that's why I'm saying it's like hereditary because there's that scene where he's like, Yeah, and this uh, it's, like, it's like hereditary when the little girl's head gets chopped off. <laughs> like, how? Well, Brandon Fraser Link does lose his uh, his uh, woman, yes, he does lose his squag, his Gonzaga's what squag. I don't know, that's derogatory. <laughs> No, I'm t- it, that's from the SpongeBob Caveman episode. <laughs> Canceled. <laughs> what, okay. okay, any whatever. Anyway, um, Arctic tundra, cave people. Yes, cave people. They're going around like ooh ooh ooh, and then trying from, to make fire. They're trying to make a fire, and then suddenly everything starts shaking. The catalyst of the movie, I dare say, that this movie really is just about a lone caveman who couldn't make fire. In time, before him and his dearly beloved were frozen. Yes. And to now, to the point in modern day, he still is struggling to make fire. That would have been a great, like, I little... mean, he, fi- he discovers that all ev- all of his trials and tribulations from 10,000 BC or whatever are non-existent in the present day. Yeah. Because you can just make fire with the flick of your fingers. Exactly. Um, it's magic. But no, there's a, there's, an, there's a collapse in the cave, and a bunch of snow falls down and rocks. And then while the camera's still shaking, we do this cool, like, pull-back zoom. And Sean Astin whips out of the bed. And he's like, earthquake! Oh, my God. In present day, and by present day, I mean 1991. Matt, do earthquakes happen that often and that horrific? <laughs> that, that, that was the thing that I, uh, I thought was really funny. I've lived in California for two years now. No, three, almost three. When did I move here? <laughs> That's a two great years. question. Uh, I've lived here for two years. And uh, of that magnitude, I felt like maybe one earthquake like that. 
there are multiple in this fucking movie that takes place in what like a couple months <laughs> a two at week most period yeah uh so no not not very often that we get those kinds of earthquakes out here those kind uh, of you might feel like a little little tremble here and there but nothing like that <laughs> yeah so there's an earthquake sean Aston wakes out of bed it's like yeah. gozoinks and then we're introduced to what is the other catalyst of this movie that sean Aston wants a pool yes uh, Why because, does he want to pull, Jeff? Because it cuts to him and he's out back and he's shoveling a big-ass hole. He's Stanley Yelnetsing his backyard. Yes. Um, and might I just say... Shout-out to my Holes fans, 2003. What is the shoveling method he's doing? Uh, did, did you guys... Like, he's at the bottom of the hole. Yes. And he's like... He, like, sticks the shovel. He's and made some, some good progress. He's made great progress. Yeah. I just don't know how. Because, like, normally, like, you would... Like, he has a wheelbarrow there. Which is, the idea is, like, you put the dirt in there, and then you push that thing up and dump the dirt. Right? right. Yeah. He's, like, shoveling, and then he's, like, throwing it, like, 20 feet away from him, over the rim, where inevitably half of it's going to fall back down into the hole. Yeah. This is a lot of wasted effort for minimum <laughs> reward, Sean. Jeff, have, have you have you have a lot of experience digging holes for pools? I'm, back no, I'm just aware that this is, like, this, seems, this is a bad form. <laughs> I do agree as someone, that as the, someone who has dug a hole for a pool legitimately, Jeff is correct. Yeah, That's, this is whoa, a terrible shovel. Wait method. a minute. Am I great? Matt, you must explain. Uh my parents wanted a pool in their backyard. I was home from the summer from college. So they they, they were like, ah, that, that kid's free labor. Uh-huh. <laughs> Here I here I thought it's like for the love of your parents you were like I'll do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I was just there and they were like ah yes free labor ah yes go shovel <laughs> <laughs> go do not come back inside until we have something wet. Yes, <laughs> we have something wet. Sorry, why is that funny, guys? Um, <laughs> I demand to know why that was so funny. His shoveling method sucks. Which it's one of those things where it is kind of funny to watch movies. Where actors who clearly not had to do any of the like skill sets, physical in, labor, physical labors in the movie, yeah, um, are kind of, are forced to do it in the movie. Like Sean Astin, like he's told to shovel. Well, he's clearly never shoveled something of that size before, and so that's just how he does it. He's like, oh well, this makes sense to me in this moment because he's never had to do it before. All right, so picture this: we're on the set of Encino Man, and yeah. instead of who's the name of the director? Les Mayfield. Instead of Les Mayfield, it's Jeff Sweeney directing. Yeah. How do you tell? I'm like, Astin? Sean, use that fucking wheelbarrow. <laughs> 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 the props department got it for you, man. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm like, we put it there, buddy. Use it. No, maybe, maybe the wheelbarrow was was from the set deck department, so he can't touch it. Ah. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, they had to buy another one for props. <laughs> oh my god! Um, but he's he's digging and he finds a bowl, a bowl. Oh, yeah, very like an ancient bowl. Yes, he's impressed by this. He's like, this is this is fun. Polly uh, Shore just at the sound of the word bowl pops out of nowhere, like bowl, bowl. And he's like, flicks ah! his lighter, and it's like, what we smoking, bro? <laughs> Doesn't he throw the bowl at Polly Shore? Yeah, or he throws it and Polly Shore catches. No, um, the other Sean way a- around. Sean Austin catches it. Sean in, Austin catches it in a catch that would make any fucking why any NFL wide receiver put to shame. <laughs> yeah, does. I mean he's Rudy, so he uh, he just launches and catches it. Yeah, he's Rudy. 
He's Rudy. Has anyone ever seen Rudy? No. I thought it was boring. Vincino, uh, <laughs> uh, man. So we're introduced to Pauly Shore playing Stony. Um, what's his last name? Stony McStuffface. Stony Brown. Uh, I'm gonna say Stony McStuffface. Yeah, I think it's more Stony. Um, Pauly Shore. Yeah. Um, the great, the great actor of the of the '90s. Oscar uh, Academy Award winning uh, thespian, thespian. Yes. Pauly Shore. Uh, yeah, Pauly Shore, who has a, a truly wild uh, Wikipedia page. Yeah. Well, his mom is the owner of a very popular comedy club. Yeah, his parents founded the Comedy Store. Yeah, in L.A. Um, and so you read his, his Wikipedia. It includes um, everyone else in school was filling out SAT applications, but I just passed mine back. I knew I wasn't going to college because I was going to go into comedy. Oh, Paul. He developed an alter ego persona called The Weasel. The Weasel involved Shore speaking in a surfer parlance. Heavily peppered with dude-speak slangs as edge, melons, and grinding, as well as his catchphrase, Hey, buddy. You'll notice that this movie is just Pauly Shore using all of his stand-up catchphrases. Yes. Including The Weasel. Also known as the film Man of the Man of the Year by, with Robin Williams, who's essentially playing a co- comedian doing a bunch of his stand-up bits. Yes. Um, but yeah, Shore uh, is, a, is a very wild case. The, you know what his best reviewed movie is? This one? No, it's a mockumentary <laughs> called Pauly Shore is Dead. That's his most well reviewed movie. Yeah. As a documentary about how no one likes him. Well, it's honest. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, so, Stuart, I have a reveal. Oh, um, what's the reveal? So, uh, Pauly Shore. Yes. Is in this movie. Yeah. And he's going to be in a few more of the Brendan Fraser movies that we're covering. Oh, God. Matt, you're, you're aware this is. We have to cover, I think, three to four Pauly Shore movies. Uh, I'm not aware. Uh, yeah, we have like three or four Pauly Shore movies, and so I was curious, and I want to I want to offer you a, an op- an opportunity. Oh God, <laughs> what if we got actual Pauly Shore to, oh, to hype this podcast no. up? Because he's available on Cameo, <laughs> and we can get Pauly Shore right $325 now. Three hundred and twenty-five dollars. <laughs> we can Jeff. get Pauly Shore right now. Write it off, or you could write it off in your uh, in your taxes. Oh my god! <laughs> we could get Pauly Shore right now. Oh my god! To talk about this show. Wow. Uh, should we do this? Wait, it says start a conversation with Pauly Shore for three. Yeah, for three dollars, I can. But send is him a that text. three dollars <laughs> per text or three dollars <laughs> yes. to start a text chain? <laughs> I believe three dollars per message. I can send Polly Shore a message right now for three dollars. Be like, "Yo, we're talking about your movie." Yeah, we're talking about your movie on a podcast. Should I do it? All right, guys, we're sending Polly Shore. A message, oh my right? god, no, <laughs> we're, Jeff! We're texting Polly Shore. Becca, <laughs> Becca, we're texting Polly Shore. Becca, we need your help. <laughs> She's not coming. Oh no. <laughs> oh god, this no. is a disaster. All right. This is a disaster. Hey, Polly. Oh, God. <laughs> hey, Polly. Oh, no. <laughs> this is Stuart Elmore. No! <laughs> no! <laughs> you are not yes. Identity theft is not a joke, Jim. Millions suffer every day. All right. Hey, Polly. You are not writing this to Stuart Elmore. <laughs> I'm saying, oh, should I say, hey, Paul, and then put a dash Lee like he says things? No. Hey, oh my Paul, God. Lee. Oh, my God. No, I think at the oh end you should say, God. I think instead of that, you oh, should at the end, cringe. as you're like, sign off, do thanks, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I'll oh, do that. Cringe. Hey, Paulie. 
Um, my name is. Don't you fucking dare. Undisclosed. Um, just put your name. <laughs> just put Jeff Sweeney. You're at the t- the masthead of the podcast. Uh, our names are Jeff Sweeney. My name is John Travolta. And we are the hosts oh of the podcast, The Fraser's Edge. He's going to be upset why we're not doing a podcast about him. <laughs> well, he, he can deal with that. It'd be a 10-episode no, podcast, Polly. Also, the podcast, The, the Fraser's Edge. The next one's going to be on the shore. In which the we Pauly are shore covering podcast. every movie Brendan Fraser has ever been in. We have... Realize, we have realized we are watching several of your movies and invite you to come on the show. <laughs> Should I invite him? I mean, he's going to charge us a mm. demonstrously amount of money if he's mm. on Cameo, Jeff. Yes, this is true. <laughs> I just realized that if this actually turns out to be something and then we release this podcast and I just dump a load of shit on the guy. <laughs> we just start talking bad shit about I think regardless of anything, you have to keep this in. Yeah, no, no this is Stan. Oh, my God. Forgive me, Quick, Father. quick, quick. Start doing actual content so he can't cut it <laughs> so out. So he can't oh, cut it out. Oh, no. Um, and we are covering in which we watch, which we watch... Every Brennan Fraser. This is so ama- amazing to the audience. Yeah, the audience listening. is lo- well. The audience loves how stressed you must sound realizing I'm texting <laughs> Polly Shore at this Just moment. Just so many things that could go wrong with this. <laughs> Just so many things that could go wrong. Do you think he has a Chicago residence? Um, no, probably not. <laughs> Say you rock. All right. It's gonna. What are you gonna charge it to? Your PayPal. Your American Express, <laughs> my American Express. Yeah, can you read out your credit card number for the for the listeners, Jeff? Here, I got it for you. It is four four no. three nine. All right, Paulie Shore has just been sent this message. Did you pay for it already? Yeah. Wait, do you have your payment information saved on Cameo? I know I haven't memorized. That cannot I, be a secured server. I haven't memorized. It is going to be hacked. <laughs> All right, guys, we've sent Polly Shore a message. We'll see what happens. Oh, my God. I didn't think it would be episode four that we would just, like, fall down the barrel this much. <laughs> texting Polly Shore? You got a problem with texting Polly Shore? I got a problem with us inviting a cast member who we're probably going to, you know, <laughs> say some nasty things We'll have him on about. to talk about my old school or whatever it is. Oh, my God. Okay. No, what we should talk about is a goofy movie, which he's also in. Are you talking about the new one he's in? No, a goofy movie. Oh, the, the... oh like he's literally in a goofy movie. He's, he's in a goofy movie. <laughs> this is true. The movie called A Goofy Movie with Goofy. Folks, we are 30 minutes into this podcast, and we've gotten to like the, maybe the 10-minute mark. have you seen the trailer for the new Pinocchio movie? I- I've seen the trailers to all five Pinocchio movies. This one? Yes, mm. and I know what one you're talking. It's like, Father, yeah. just... Which Paulie Shore is playing Pinocchio. We this stand is, the yassification of, 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 of Pinocchio. Yes. <laughs> Look how they yassified my Pinocchio. <laughs> Look 
back out there. Yes, to find my boy, <laughs> my wooden boy. <laughs> okay. Polly knew what he was doing. He knew he knew what he was doing. Also, that is one of five Pinocchio movies that are coming oh out, my Jeff. God, there are five Pinocchio. There's a Guillermo del Toro one that's coming out on Netflix. There's a Disney Plus one that Tom Hanks is starring in. Then there's a French one that is coming out. And Stuart knows. He has I know the forbidden this, lore. I know this because I was texting my girlfriend one one day and I was just like for funsies. I just decided to start texting her, spam texting her a bunch of links to Pinocchio trailers because I shit you not okay there's not five but there's four of them there's actually four of them three of them are coming out this year that one the yassification one came out in 2020 did it it already came out that one came out the yas the yassified Pinocchio he didn't message back yet but it's in my inbox oh my you know god <clears throat> oh Matt, look at my this. god yeah, yeah it's there all right all right <laughs> Shall, can, can, shall we get back to... Okay, yeah. Uh, so, Pauly Shore is introduced in this movie, playing Stoney. Um, he catches the bowl, and then they continue digging the hole. Uh, Stuart, what do they find? Uh, they find a block of ice. Yeah, they find the tip of a block of ice. Yeah. And so they dig it up, or first, like, Sean Aston looks, and he sees a face. Well, oh, no, Jeff. He looks he down this block quarter. of ice, and he sees... He sees the book of the dead <laughs> the necronomicon <laughs> and then all of a sudden this mummy uh egyptian explorer comes out like no you must not read from the book <laughs> <laughs> the medjai something, something tells me that's not that's not correct <laughs> <laughs> is it that you watch this movie <laughs> yeah. yeah maybe okay um, yeah but there is a face in this block of yeah. ice no like ah he's like, it's a caveman he's like i found a caveman buried in my backyard we could be famous off of this. We, we could be popular. We could be pop. This movie's about them trying to be popular. Off of a cave. About, about Sean Austin trying to be popular. This is about the quest for popularity. The most unrealistic segment of this movie, I dare I say, that Sean Astin would not be popular at high school. Yes. Cool guy. Bold of these filmmakers to assume. He, he plays a good nerd. I mean, he's kind of a dick in this one, so I understand why. He's, he's kind of, of an dick. asshole. Is there like a '90s or '80s, '90s like teen comedy that has uh, Sean Astin and Michael J. Fox together? Um, is there? I don't think so. If there's not, then we just missed out on it. Like we can't go back in time and make that happen. But good golly, gosh darn, if there was. Maybe you can't go back in time, but some of us might be able to. Yeah, Matt might have that ability. Maybe. Who's to say? Maybe. Why, why would you put me in a box like that, Stuart? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to, like, put you inside that frozen box of ice, yeah. Matt. He didn't mean to freeze you up like that. Freeze you up. Um, But they get him They get him out. Yes. Um, At one point, Paulie Shore does say, man, if we're famous off this, I could get full of fondage. Um, Which is just the thing he says. Yeah. Um, They dig the, they dig the body up, and at one point, they're like, oh, I wonder if this is Jimmy Hoffa. It's funny. Um, yeah, they, they, they were like, this could be Jim Morrison. This could be Jimmy Hoffa. <laughs> what other Jim name that disappeared, strangely, could that could it have been? The three Jims? Three Jims. There's only the two Jims. But they leave it in the shed, and they have a bunch of heaters heating it up. Yeah, they decide they need to thaw it out, and Paul Short starts breathing they on do it. The, they do the opposite of what the Arctic researchers do in The Thing, where they actually intentionally try to thaw this monster out. Um, I'm so diseased. I thought you were about to say Transformers, where they're freezing Megatron. 
Like, that's another one I could have picked out. Instead, I threw out the thing. <laughs> uh, an actual great movie. Yeah. Um. Okay. So they 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 start thawing him out, and then they like go to school. Yeah, they go to school and they think, like, oh, this will stop cooking by the time we get back." Here, here's a question. Like, What's they, they should have known it would have thawed for the most part out by the time they're done. It's an eight-hour school day. And they think that the thing is dead. So what, they were just going to come home and find the body, like, flopped on the floor <laughs> of the garage? Decomposed. Yeah, they do just kind of put it on, like, two sawhorses and then just leave. Yeah, put some heaters pointed at. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, if it is dead, which is the scientific yeah. logical thought, yeah. you know, typically when you freeze somebody, you die. Yeah. As opposed to what this movie would lead you to believe, as opposed to what Captain America movie would lead yeah. you to believe, as opposed to what Megatron would lead you to believe, yeah. as opposed to what the thing would lead you to believe. Yes. Typically, freezing things in blocks of ice kills you. Yes. Typically. But it did not for this caveman. Because no. while they're at school, um, the caveman falls out of the ice and immediately regains consciousness. Immediately. And it is the one and only Brendan, Brendan Fraser, Fraser in his first, like, main starring role for a real movie and boy is he cooking he's cooking right away because and i mean cooking physically yeah because he is covered in slime um slime and dirt he's in nothing but a loincloth mm-hmm. and long dreads or long like bushy hair yeah he's like oh 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 yeah full-blown caveman and so he just starts running around he's terrified of the modern world yeah which you know if I was in that situation, I too would be a little shocked about how things have progressed. Unrealistic. He wasn't yes. shot. Oh, oh I said shocked. I said shot. <laughs> Politics. <laughs> Politics. <laughs> Not out on the podcast. So, no, I'm. Bill Clinton's been a guest on the show. So <laughs> true. Um. So look, communism. <laughs> it's yeah, great. It's, it's great. It's a wonderful. Uh, okay. I'm like checking my phone to see if Paulie's texting me back. Yeah. Oh my God, um, Jeff. Anyway. Did you leave your phone number in the message? No. <laughs> oh, well that's a missed opportunity. Well, no, it's like it, there's a message. He's going to ask you for your number and to be like, okay, we should get together, hook up and link some details and be like, great. Let me send you my phone number. Pay another $3. <laughs> <laughs> you could have just killed two persons with one stone at the th- initial $3. Now you're going to spend, which how much is cameo cashing that $3? I mean, do you think it's a 50-50 split? Or it, do you... It's got to be. No. Um, Paul... I mean, I know that like app stores and stuff like that take like 30%. So Paulie's probably at best getting $1 out of that message I just sent. At best. Okay. <laughs> um, so, um, so yeah, Brendan Fraser freaking yeah. out, goes inside the home. He goes inside the home. Uh, well, first he runs out to the street and he attacks a garbage truck. He thinks it's an elephant. Yeah, he thinks it's an elephant. Insert elephant noises, sound designer. Yes. And he's like, ooh, 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 and he like throws ooh, a, a ooh. shovel at it. Yeah. Uh, and then he's just running around. He takes shelter inside the house. Yes. And trashes it. I love that throughout this movie, this dude's first like initial instincts is to mark cave drawings. Yes. Mar- make cave drawings and light fires. You know, on Pablo's hierarchy of needs, I always thought that like the creative expression was a little higher up on the food chain. <laughs> this movie makes it sound like it is part of eating and shitting and drinking. Yeah. It's like Very along with eating, dr- they have to do cave drawings. <laughs> he has to start drawing. Yes. Preserve his culture. I am thirsting my cave drawing qu- quench or whatever. Well, you're saying that if I if I like kidnapped you and dropped you in the middle of like I don't know uh, uh, 
Paris with with no way to contact anyone, you would have just start trying. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Stuart's like, I don't think I would. Not th- I don't think that's a thing that I would do. Uh, um, so, uh, the he like goes up to the he goes up to Sean Aston's room. I keep yes. saying just Sean Aston. What's his name in this? It's Dave. Dave. They go, he goes up to Dave's room, um, and then the two guys come home. They find the place is a mess, and there's cave drawings all over the walls. Like, oh, dude. And they're like, whoa, we should have been dead. So they go up to Dave's room, and they like, crack the door open, and they see, or there's a fire alarm going off. Yeah. So they go up there, and they find, and they see Brendan Fraser. Making uh, a fire. Doesn't have a name yet. He's making a fire using the old, like, spinning the stick over the wood yeah. method. Right. I don't I'm sure that has some actual name, but I was never an Eagle Scout. It's just friction. Friction. Yeah. Um and so they close the door and Polly Shore's like, We should just walk, man. Um and I'm like, Where are they gonna go? <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, it's like that's their own house. Yeah, it's a good it's a good bit. And so they um um <laughs> they go in and Fraser like is kinda like hesitant of them. They're very hesitant of him. Ooh. Ooh, yeah, ooh. he Fraser almost attacks them. Yeah, but not before Polly Shore uh, Stoney pulls out his lighter and lights it. And yeah. Fraser's like, "Fire, fire, ooh. oh, fire!" He's like, "Yes." He gives it to Fraser, and Fraser like activates the lighter, like, "Ooh, ooh!" And then a phone goes off, and it freaks him out. Yes, he's like, "Ah!" <laughs> and so very artistic choice, Brandon Fraser. Yeah. <laughs> there is. A really good bit in a little bit where like um, it it's like rapidly whip panning between them, and Paul Shore's like, "It's your parents." Dave's like, "My parents," and it goes to Fraser. He's like, "Ah!" <laughs> it's really funny. Like Fraser is really showing off what will become his like one of his more notable skills later in his career, which is his physical comedy aptitude. He he Uh-oh. has. Um, did Hold we up. just lose Matt? I think we did. Uh oh. oh, he's coming back. He might be coming back. All right, there he is. What happened? Oh wait, we got hello. A... You, uh, uh, you're muted now. Can you hear us? Can you hear us? I can hear you. You guys just died. <laughs> okay, yeah, you just disappeared. How did, it, how um, did it come back like that, though? I don't know. You're gonna hear me just like if if you decide to use my audio, you're gonna hear me just saying just like. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> we're gonna get, we're gonna have two disparate audio. But files. it's weird how it just automatically reconnected like yeah. that. That was interesting. I'm gonna leave all of this in the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I'm not cutting any of this no, out. Jerry never cuts anything. No, I don't. I'm lazy. Um, <laughs> I work so, a full time job. Do they get enough time to like fiddle splice flock, splice shit and all that? Um, no. So they um, they. They just wreck your train of thought. <laughs> you did. You fully wrecked my train of thought. Oh, they give him a makeover. Oh, they yeah. like somehow get him to sympathize with them. They empathize with him. Dave's like Dave, pointing at himself. Dave, Dave, and he's like, like, "We found the missing link." And he's like, "Link, Link, I'll call him Link." Brilliant. And so he just like touches him. He's like, "You, Link, me, Dave, Link, Dave, Stony, Link, Dave, Stony." What's and your Link, name? Dave. It's like no, Link, Dave. You, you did kind of gloss over the fact that Stoney really wanted to name him Stoney Number Two. Yes, he wants to name him Stoney Number Two because he's from the Stone Age, instead of just a stoner. Ha! <laughs> Stop checking your phone. Polly has not texted you back. He has not yet. Um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just uh, when it happens, I just want to get our reactions. 
okay. Um, Do you think it's going to happen within the, like... Probably not, but... Uh, <laughs> I mean, based on where we're at in the movie, uh, we might have another three hours of this, of this episode. <laughs> <So>. Shit. <laughs> Shit. So remember last week and during our Guilty Until Proven Innocent episode when you said, don't worry, folks, the two-hour episodes will come back at some point. Yeah, I just didn't think it'd be this fast. <laughs> so you cur- thought we'd be a little gradual. You with cursed it. yourself. I did. It's I did. it's my fault. Like like the carry one was the longest one for a hot minute. <laughs> yeah, it was. And now this one's going to be the longest yeah, one fuck for a you, hot Matt. minute. <laughs> um. So they give him a makeover. They give him a bath. They use like industrial grade cleaning products. Yeah. Because he's so dirty. Yeah. Um. They cut his hair and they match Stoney's haircut. He calls him. He's got the stony man. Uh, ha! They brush his teeth, um, and he has fun playing in a bathtub. And then they he dress- drinks aftershave. Yes, he drinks aftershave and then spits it out because it is clearly disgusting, as we all know. Because we've all swallowed aftershave before as a kid, right? Yes, all of us have. Right? Yes, it's a frequent thing. This is not a joke, Jeff. Because I actually oh, swallowed. you did actually. I actually swallowed. I thought aftershave. this was a bit. No, but you, but you did not uh, 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 Matt, No, I Matt, haven't. You, I don't think Jeff has. Jeff, did how, how, no, how did not. that go for you, Stuart? How was that? I, mean, I don't want to talk about it now since apparently I'm the only one who yeah. did it. So it wasn't well, good. You brought it up, so you have to talk about it. That's how it works. Was it a bad experience? So anyway, in the movie, okay, uh, Brendan Fraser is in, <laughs> in new clothes. He's in new clothes. They put him in, I presume, some of their leftover clothes. Yeah. They look baggy that on all f- him. Which how? Yeah, because both the guys are smaller than Brendan Fraser. Yeah, so how do how do they have baggy <laughs> clothes for him? Movie magic. Fuck that. Anyway, <laughs> movie magic. Uh, it, it's called they made custom clothes for Brendan Fraser because the original ones they got for him didn't fit. <laughs> wow. So it was a little wild. Talk about fittings, am I right? Yeah. But I um right around this point in the movie, I'm like, oh, I see why this is Fraser's star vehicle. What really like blows him up as an actor, because he's he's doing all he's doing all these scenes where he's like in a bathtub, guys are bathing him, he's like spitting out aftershave, having having his teeth brushed, and he has the funniest facial expressions. He's really just putting a hundred and ten percent of this character, and expressing like that skill that he'll grow at physical comedy. Like I think we had talked about in one of our earlier episodes that he's kind of like. He has the skill that guys like Harrison Ford have, where it's like kind of an egoless physical comedy routine, where even if they're, you know, like in Indiana Jones or The Mummy or yep. this movie, like they're not afraid to really just do anything for the purpose of the story. To and make themselves a, a joke in some places. Yeah, they'll make themselves a joke, because he's very much making himself a joke at this the point. The opposite problem of our good old friend John Travolta. Yes. Travolta never wanted to make himself a joke. He thinks he's in on the bit, and yeah. he's never in on the bit. Whereas Fraser is willing to be like, yeah, even though he had hesitations doing this movie, the second he agrees to do the movie and commit himself to it, he commits himself to it. He bathes. He bathes in it, literally, um, and just gives himself over to playing this character whatever way it'll impact his career. So now that we've gotten to full-fledged haircut Brandon yes. Fraser... I think it's time. I think it's time that we cut to Matt. You know what I'm cutting to? No. The hair ranking. Oh! Cue the music. Oh!
this. All right. Yeah, Stuart had like a he had a moment of deep discret distress, and he decided to uh bring it back. Bring it back. Bring it back. Hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, so Brendan Fraser and Encino Man. Uh, I gotta be honest, folks. It's uh, it's been better here. This is like very intentional, though. Which is like it's you know to carry over some categories from the Travolting uh, segment season one. Um, there is when when things are done intentionally, like that adds a little bit of story growth to it. So like they make his hair, they give him a little bit of the stony hair, uh, like it's like somewhat like dread ish. Like he's still got like some dreads kind of, yeah. um, and it's wavy and it's like staggered like it looks messy and it looks still yeah. a little bit gross but at least like not as gross um so where does that put me well i would say um you know the looks are the looks definitely don't do anything for him his hair does not give him any bonus points at least for me in this day and age apparently when he walks through the high school he's like the sexiest thing come yes. alive so maybe there's something i'm missing in the 90s well, that there's something primal about him yeah sure um well you you clearly aren't on fashion tiktok like i am oh, uh God. that's a that's a 10 out of 10 haircut is it for now yeah. for today's yeah. standard that i don't know about that anyway 90s are 90s are back I in mean, i would say Polly shores is like looks better than fraser's personally but, I, 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 there are a lot of times where Frazier lo looks bad, but there are a couple shots where it's like, oh man, that haircut actually looks good in this shot. Um, Jeff, can I see see the ranking? Yes, you can. I just, I just it's, wanna, it's, it's three movies. I just want to see. Um, 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 put it above. Uh, actually, put it at number four. Put it at the bottom of the list. Bottom of the bottom of the list. I put it at the bottom of the list. Whoa. I would say like I I do I. I like its story purpose, but it doesn't save it enough for how bad it looks, in my opinion. It looks pretty bad. Whoa. Which I know is intentional, and I know I can't, like, it's hard to, like, judge it based on looks if they're intentionally making it look bad. But, like, I don't know. But, I mean, you got to talk about his hair at the end of the movie, though. Why is it like Because when he goes to the prom, like... Oh, that, oh, that one is awful. yeah. That oh, one is bad. yeah. When it's, like... It's like just he's got like the eraser head cut. Yeah, basically. Yeah, we'll talk about that too. Okay, so continuing on, um, they take a, a Polaroid together. Yes. I want to know. However many takes they did that is however many Polaroids they had. Yes. So let's, let's imagine they did four takes, right? That's yes. reasonable. They did four takes of that Polaroid shot. Who got the Polaroids? I would assume Paulie Shore gets one. Sean Astin gets one. Um, Fraser gets one. Fraser gets one. And the props tournament gets one. Yes, that's probably how it. Uh, that's happens. a question we should ask Polly. We should ask Polly if he has. If he what has happened the to those Polaroids? And if he has one, that'd be a great memorabilia thing. I'll, I'll text. I'll text him now when he responds. Yeah, since you two are best bros. Yeah, me and Polly. Me and Polly <laughs> like this. Um, yeah. Still waiting to hear back from you, bud. <laughs> if you're listening, he's never gonna respond. If he does respond while we're in recording this podcast, I will. I I don't know what I'll do, Jeff. <laughs> you don't know what you'll do. I don't know what I will do. Well, hopefully we'll find out. Okay. Uh, they go to school. Then I they, believe, right? Well, first the he meets his the parents. 
Because the parents come back. Oh, right. And, and Sean Aston comes weird... up with the derpiest ex- explanation for who this guy is. Because like, he's Linkovich Chernovsky. He's a foreign... Don't you remember me talking about the exchange student we were going to have? And the parents are like, I don't remember that. But like, clearly Sean Aston's about to start a fight. So the dad's like, you know, I think I do remember. And the mom's like, how could I forget this? And they just kind of accept that they're going to have this link in their house. Yeah. From Estonia. Just hand- from Estonia. Yeah. Because he's from the Stone Age. Estonia. Huh? Estonia. Ha <laughs> ha. It's Ma- great. Matt, he's from Estonia. Yeah, he's... Yeah, yeah. He, he's friends <laughs> with Stoney. <laughs> he's friends with Stoney. <laughs> uh, <laughs> best joke in this movie. No, definitely not. Um, I will say, Link learns modern etiquette very quickly. Yeah. Like, he doesn't learn, like... There's a lot of things he doesn't, including, like, how to act around women for a little bit. But, like, he very quickly learns, like, how the functions of this family dynamic work. And, like, how to walk around the house. Yeah. Well, he's you like... You say that, but then he did also eat eat the dog's food from the bowl. He does eat the dog food. Uh, this is true. Which, but I have to comment on that. That's all done in one shot. Which means, like, when the dog goes and eats from the bowl, and then... Because tra- it's not... It's like, it's like cookie crumble thing. It's not yeah. actually dog food, yeah. but, but, you still have to commend Travolta's Travolta. <sighs> you have to commend Fraser's. <laughs> uh, this is like we got to put a nickel in the jar or something yeah. for every time we accidentally do a Travolta name drop. Yeah. Um, you have to commend that, that'll fund getting Polly Shore on the show. Yeah, fund. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> So you have to commend Fraser's dedication because even though he's not eating dog food, he is eating food that a dog is also eating. Yes. And holy shit, does he commit? Mm-hmm. I mean, that dog's got slobber all over that food. Fraser's like, and Fraser's just diving right le- in. Like what I'm saying, like Fraser, he commits. There's no ego in the performance. No, not at all. He goes in there and he just starts slobbering it up. Yeah, with the dog. Yes. Uh, but the next day they go to school. Yes. Um, they bring Link with them, and they decide they're going to enroll him in a bunch of classes. They enroll him in Spanish, and I do not remember what other classes he goes to. I don't know either. Um, but, but I imagine it's pretty standard, right, Matt? Like he goes to to a class that has a frog in it. Oh yeah, he eats a frog. Oh yeah. At this point, the movie kind of just like settles into a more standard '90s. Like and this like is late eighties. Yeah, and this is where the movie kind of dropped off for me a little bit. Because it does. Fe- if you've seen Weird Science, it has a very similar vibe to Weird Science. Yeah, which is just like two nerdy kids create a perfect. In that movie, they create a perfect woman to like be cool. In this, they have a caveman. Yeah. Um, I I wish that like this whole like bit of of the film was like a. Was just like a montage with Randy Newman behind it, you know. <laughs> if he's just it, like... it has, for whatever reason, watching that scene, it reminded me of Toy Story, when like all of all of Andy's things in Toy Story are replaced with things that are like related to Woody I'm and talking about to be the related with. Yes, that one. Me. But I like, was like, and... that song would be great here. But like, we're slowly seeing Sean Astin, like all of his friends, talking with the caveman instead. Yeah. But Link immediately settles in great uh, into the school environment. Everyone thinks he's cool. Everyone, all the women think he's attractive. Um, but he does not understand modern social cues. 
or modern sex dynamics. Because he immediately, at one point, Paulie Shore points at a pair of breast boobs and is like, Zagas, baby. And so Brendan Fraser, Link, just starts walking around, like, trying to grab uh, breasts, saying, Zagas. Uh, immediately, quickly, like, we do not do that. We do not do that. That is not how this works. Yeah. Um, and thankfully, he gets that message pretty quick. Thankfully. But Could still. become very problematic. Yes. But immediately, like, he is the sex symbol of school. Which starts upsetting the current, like, popular guy. Yeah. Um, who, I cannot remember that guy's name. You know what we kind of missed? It's, it's Matt. His Is name's it Matt? Matt Wilson. Oh, Matt Wilson. You know what we kind of missed? What do we miss? That the whole subplot of this movie, besides of them trying to get cool... Is Sean Aston trying to take this girl out to prom? He's trying to take Robin Sweeney out to prom. Robin Sweeney, hey Joe. Who yeah. they have like a history, like like he has a picture of them like as like babies Kids. in a bathtub together. Yeah. In which he says the creepiest line in this movie. Hey, we were both naked together. You know, we were both naked together before. And it's a picture of them as babies in a bathtub, and she's which like, he oh. keeps. He in keeps. his wallet. In his wallet. Next to his Romeo and Juliet laminated. Good pull, Jeff. Thank you. You did forget the other other subplot, which is uh I think her name is Ella, which is Robin's friend. Yeah. Just the whole time really wants to fuck Brendan. <laughs> she, yeah, she keeps being like, I really want to sleep with this caveman. Cause like there was a bit in the very beginning before Fraser's thought out where that same woman is in class with the teacher he's talking about, the caveman. Again, what's the name of it? Magnus. Crom- I am. Uh, Cro-Magnon. I am Maximus Decimus Brilius. It's Cro-Magnon. <laughs> Cro-Magnon. Cro-Magnon. Decimus. Cro-Magnon. But he's just like, oh, he sounds, he looks pretty hot. I, I, I date him. I let him hit. Yeah. And she's like, oh, no, you wouldn't want to do that. They're very violent with women and all that stuff. It's like, mm, okay. <laughs> I, I want it more now. Self-respect, ladies and yeah. gentlemen. Um, and so while Dave wants to play it really safe with Link and just use him as a way to get popular himself, Stoney starts using Link, like trying to give Link a good time on his own accord. Yeah. He takes Link to a, an amusement park. Yeah. They ride a roller coaster together. Um, Which apparently Polly Shore hated. Polly Shore is terrified of roller coasters. <laughs> he must have hated it. Because like, you can tell they shot it on a real roller coaster. Yeah. And, like, you don't just do one take. You probably have to do, like, two or three just for safety. So, Brendan Fraser, Paulie Shore, and all those poor background extras were just a lot. I mean, to get paid to ride on a roller coaster? I would, Shut the fuck up. You probably <laughs> got so sick by the end of it. I mean, well, it's like, what, three takes, if even? Yeah. If you do more. Jeff, I have to go pee, but you keep talking. Me keep talking? And Matt, of course. Yes. I'm taking um, the headphones off, so I can't hear what you're saying, Matt. Exhilarating. This is the best podcast ever. Yes. Um, Hold on, I just I, I, there are. Oh, uh, uh, Adam says uh, to to tell you guys hi. Oh, hi, Adam. Adam Campbell, previous guest of the past and future says, guest of the show. Yeah, previous guest and uh, uh, my boss. Oh yeah, he's your boss. <laughs> he's my boss. Um, uh, he says to tell you guys that he loves them, that he loves you and misses you. I miss him too. Um, I specifically waited for Stuart to leave <laughs> to say that. <laughs> uh, Stuart will now listen to this episode and hear this. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be so mad. Um, no, right after this point, like this rift kind of starts forming between Stoney and Dave over how like 
they're using Link for lack of a better term. Yeah, Sony's uh, Sony's a real bro. He just yeah. wants, like you said, he just wants him to have a good time. He's really focusing on just enjoying time with him. Yeah, and and he kind of makes him a Stony Junior, and and yes. and Dave is not about that. Dave freaks out. He's like, "You got him talking like you," <laughs> because he does start. They do start to teach Link how to talk. Uh, oh yeah, and and it's entirely in. In Stoney's vocabulary, yeah. where he's they just start like, doing the like poly poly shore wolf calls, <laughs> <laughs> the poly speak. Yeah, you gotta I'd love that he just went with poly speak for his. Uh, I think it's it's fairly accurate. It, I mean, he's the only person who talks like that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so it is definitely poly speak. Um, so there's a fight that happened. They go to a skating rink party. Where uh, Sean Astin's hoping to like kind of get with Robin. Well, it's you forget it's specifically because Ella wanted uh wanted yes. wanted Link okay. there. Yes, she cause... she invites Link. Uh, Dave and and Stony are not invited to this at all. They just show up. <laughs> yeah, so it's just they were specifically told not to go because they stink. <laughs> because no one likes them. Uh, and so Link's the only one. Or, hello again. So they show. <laughs> hello, welcome back. I'm back. Uh, so they go with Link to this skating rink, um, and Link just starts. He gets really attached to this game called Rad Racer, um, which is like a, one of those arcade handheld driving racing games. Yeah, they're very fun. And he gets very attracted to, it and he likes the idea of driving, uh, which is important to note for later. Uh, meanwhile, Dave Sean Aston gets into a fight with Matt on the ice rink um, because Dave's been talking to Robin, and Robin is ostensibly with Matt, right? Even though she's not like enamored by him. Uh, the classic tale. Yeah. Link goes out to like to defend Dave, um, but he's a pacifist caveman. We learn, uh, so he doesn't fight which Matt. Matt the, just punches him and knocks him out too. In the grand scheme of like Darwinism, that doesn't work. Yes. I mean, right? We're aware of this, right? Like, he would have been violent. It would have been, like, extremely violent. The fact that he didn't, like, murder them and, like, you know, kill kill the whole family the first night is kind of a miracle. Yeah, it's kind of a miracle he's a nice guy. (laughs) Yeah. But the fact that he's... Because Link's a chill guy. He's cool. All he he wants is to be with his, uh, his wife again. Or his mate. Yeah. Um... There is a scene right around because they they leave from the ice rink in shame. There's a scene around here where um, Polly Shore Stony brings Link to a, to Seven Eleven convenience store, mm-hmm. and they and he like teaches him how to buy like the five essential food groups, which to Stony are you know you need your vegetables and he picks up like what what even is the vegetable. I can't remember because he gets like beef jerky, candy like, corn, meat, oh, candy corn. That's it. Yeah, can he's a bunch of candies. Says like these are the five food groups. He's he's like milk duds are are your dairy group. Uh, he grabs some like fruit gummies for your yes. fruit group. He grabs uh, 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 candy corn for the vegetable group, and then he he has a, a burrito for the meat group that's heating yeah. up in the microwave <laughs> at the Seven Eleven. And um the the um. The clerk at the 7-Eleven is not happy with him. Did anyone else recognize this clerk? No. So this clerk is played by Eric Avari uh, as Raji. 
Eric Avari is also we will be seeing in The Mummy. Um, but he's like one of those guys who pops up in a bunch oh, of movies yeah, in the 90s. Oh, yeah, the librarian yeah. guy. He's one of those guys who pops up in so many movies in the 90s. Like, he's in this. He's in The Mummy. He's in Independence Day. In the opening scene, he's like the the SETI officer detects the aliens. Yeah. Uh, he's in Stargate as the tribe leader. Um, he's in the plant, the, like, Tim Burton Planet of the Apes. Is he still working? He's still working. He's last in a movie in 2019. Look, he's 70 years old now. But he's in Mr. Deeds. Um, I've just he just pops up. He's in Daredevil. He's Electra's dad. Um, he pops up in so many things, or especially around this time period, that I just always like get a little like cheer when I see him pop up. I'm he's like, working. Hey, he's working. Working he's actor. Working. Yeah. Um, puts so food on the table. He puts food on the table for the family, much like Link is trying to do in this movie. Yeah. Um, being told no in every opportunity. This scene where they like pour the slushies down their mouths. Yes. Yeah, that's that scene. That's the yeah. same scene. Yeah. Um, and the, the whole th- and I'm finding this movie still enjoyable at this point. And I, I'll say shockingly, I'm finding Paulie Shore funny in this movie at this point. What? <laughs> he's he's great in the. He's what are you talking? He's fantastic. Funny in this at this movie. Point. Jeff, I know you're waiting for him to text you back. I don't think we're not live, so <laughs> like, you know, he ain't listening, right? <laughs> not at least until another few weeks. No, I think there's a really good chemistry between Paulie Shore and Brendan Fraser. There is. I, I, I they have agree. a really natural friendship ca- chemistry. I don't disagree. something I don't think Sean Astin's tapping into. Right, Sean Astin, like I love him. Good actor. He's been in a lot of good movies. He's definitely phoning it in. He's phoning in this movie. Yeah. And so when this when we get to this segment of the movie and he's out of the picture, I'm kind of vibing with him more. Because I'm liking the Pauly Shore-Fraser dynamic. They're a good duo. They're funny together. Yeah. Just kind of being 90s scumbums. Bring the Shore-Fraser team up back. Yeah. I, no, we, we'll be seeing it a few more times. Yes. Um, We will. <laughs> we, what? Are, are we, Jeff? We will. Um, Are you sure? A hundred percent. We will. Yes. So, um, yeah, so I'm liking that dynamic. We do get a scene where kind of things start to come to a head at a dinner table. Um, they, like, Stoney and Link have dinner at Dave's house with his family. Yeah. And there's some tension between them all over Link being the popular one and Stoney kind of driving him away from Dave, et cetera, et cetera. This is when we do get the the movie's most quoted line though or not i shouldn't say most quoted but most well-known line for how incomprehensible it is which is it's um uh dave's dad asked stoney he's like hey don't you like ever have dinner with your own family (laughs) and you know exactly what's about and stoney i had to bring this up because i cannot possibly remember this stoney says if you're edged because i'm wheezing all your grindage just chill because if I had the whole Brady Bunch thing happening at my pad, I'd, do, I'd go grind over there. So don't tax my gig so hardcore, Cruster. <laughs> like, do you, do you, what? Do you think that was written? Nah, cannot have been. Could not have been a written line of dialogue. Yes. Had it all come from Polly Shore. Yeah. Which, knowing that, much more impressive. He just whips that out. Just whips it out of there. Yeah. Too bad he's dead. Mm-hmm. And then we get, I believe after this, a short other montage just of kind of how popular Link is becoming. You're missing the the montage of them learning or teaching Link how to fight. 
Oh yeah, they have a fight montage. I think we're missing the montage of. <laughs> I think we're just missing a lot of montages because there's a lot of montages. The montage where we hear wrestling legend uh, 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 announcer Gorilla Monsoon. <laughs> Gorilla Monsoon, brother. You just hear him in the background of the shot. <laughs> what is he? Where he, he learns to do the airplane spin. <laughs> you just start hearing all these wrestlers. Matt, how hyped are you? Oh, I was I was very hype as someone who hosts a wrestling podcast. Go check it out. Uh, yeah, we'll, we will do the official plug for that at the end of the episode. Matt does host a wrestling podcast that everyone should check. Uh, out. Uh, you know, it, it 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 hyped me up to hear the the, the voice of Gorilla Monsoon. Uh, there's another moment where something else of interest of like uh, th- that's interesting to me of wrestling lore. Uh, no, not wrestling related. Uh, someone else shows up in this movie that I that I would wa- that I want to like point out, but that's a little bit later. <laughs> okay, I might point. I might be the, pointing out the same person. I'm not sure. Um, because we get this montage of how popular Link is becoming and how far Dave is falling. Yeah, because both Robin and Ella are starting to fall in love with Link. Link has no idea about this. He's just kind of like climbing on walls and being crazy. Yeah. Um. So the um during this montage, we do get this one kid walks up and tries to tell Link that the computer club has voted him like their most popular, or like that he should be the president or something. Man, is, like, this, man, is this who you're? That, that's at? not the one. Okay. No. Man, uh, so, even the nerds are calling him more popular. Yeah, the nerd. And but did you recognize the nerd? Oh my god! Is this another recognizable person? Yeah, like it's a, it's a. Isn't he? Isn't it someone in the Goonies? Yeah, it's not only the, it's Short Round from Indiana Jones. Oh, um, Short Round, wow. um, because he was in the Goonies with Sean Astin, and most recently he was in the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once, playing uh, the dad. Yeah, which is a phenomenal movie. Everyone should check it out. Um, but it was cool. Uh, K Kwan uh, is in this movie for a little bit. Uh, yeah, K Hui Kwan. That's his full name. Uh, what? No, nothing. What? You're so, Is like, your back hurt? No. Fo- Don't carry this entire <laughs> podcast episode. <laughs> following, following that, we end up at like this this scene that I thought was really fucking funny, where uh, it's it's the driver's ed scene. Yes. Is it the driver's ed scene or the museum scene? A lot of these scenes like are interchangeable, and you could just flop them around in the movie. The, I think why. the museum is after the driver's ed. Okay. Because I think we're having a hard time keeping track of exactly the scenes because they oh, all wait, could no. be swapped. No, it is the other way around. It's the museum first. Okay. Because they go to a museum with the um, the ancient history teacher who's teaching about Cro-Magnons. Stuart. What, Jeff? Um, Cro-Magnon. Homo sapien. Um, Homo sapien. Ian McKellen. Uh, yes. But they, they go to the museum and Link starts seeing, like, the skeletons of like saber tooth tigers and predators from his time, he starts getting terrified. Oh, He's like running yeah. around. This is where the culmination of what Link's whole progress could have been leading up to. Because again, where do we find him at the end of this freak out? Um, in the caveman exhibit. In the caveman exhibit, trying to make a fire. He's trying to make a fire and he's crying. Yes. Because he's realizing like all the things from his past, predator and prey, are all, are dead. all dead and in this museum now. Yeah, it's become arranged, and he's just like he's upset because he he says he says family, and he says family, and Fraser I think is doing a really nice job. I was gonna scene. say it's like, 
you know, I've been a little quiet throughout this like episode because like this movie has been a like it started off pretty strong and then it kind of took a dip for me. Yeah, this was a nice little peak. Nice little peak for you. Nice little peak for me because I I I bought it. I bought I bought the whole thing. Yeah. He's like crying. He's very emotional about. It. He's like family. Yeah, and I was like, oh my god, like he this like, is family, and it's like all this all this fun that he's having is kind of just like. Um, it's like this barrier of being a goof that he's putting up. So because then he doesn't want to deal with the hurt. What's really crazy is that this movie then turns into a time travel movie where they build a time and machine send him back to no. send him back to nineteen fifty. No, I'm no, just kidding. They find a better workaround for how he can get back with this cave woman. Yes. And by better I mean it doesn't make sense. But he's upset and like Stoney and Dave kinda of reconcile in the moment for a second and grab him and they're like, We're your family. Yeah. Or your new family. Yeah. And but of uh, course, asshole Matt Wilson is yeah. watching watching this and happen. Like, and start- I wonder what this is all about. <laughs> Why was it your Stallone? <laughs> That's my meathead impression. Is Stallone a meathead? <laughs> Have you watched any Stallone movie? Oh, what yeah, he is a meathead. He's a meathead. Um, so the driver's ed scene is next. Um, yeah. Where Stoney and Dave are in a classroom, and they look out the window, and they see Dave in his driver's ed class, or Link in his driver's ed class, and he just jumps in a car in the driver's seat and turns the car on. They run out, and the last second jump in through the windows, face first, yeah, to get in the car when Link just takes off with it. Uh, he apparently learned how to drive from that Rad Racer game. Yeah. Which is, you know, how I learned to drive, too, is from the arcade game. at the, well, That's uh, how I learned, too, yeah, man. And then he flips the car up into this weird, like, sideways position. Yes. And drives, like, at a 45-degree angle. With only two tires on the road. <laughs> yes. The other two tires suspended in midair. And it's not like he just does that when he turns. He, like, stays on this 45-degree angle for a substantial period of time. How do they do... Because like, that's not... That's a, that's a trend and, like, that's a stunt that I've seen in multiple yeah. movies. How do they do that? Uh, wire rig would be my guess. Yeah. Yeah. Just have, like, a rig pulling, holding the other side up. It's cool. It is. It looks cool. It's fun. Uh, but he takes off of the car. The school calls the cops to chase out the car. Yeah. He stole the property of the school. He stole the driver's ed one. The driver's ed wagon. Which, Sean Aston's in the front seat. Or no, no, no. Stoney's in the front seat. Yeah, Stoney's in the front seat with Link. Stoney could have stopped this whole thing because those driver's ed cars have brakes yeah. in the pa- front passenger seat. But Stoney knows that Link's Just, taking him somewhere good. Yeah, of course. And he does. He takes him to the club. Oh yeah, takes to a to a Mexican club. He does. Also, uh, am I hearing myself twice? <laughs> Are well, you? I started hearing myself twice for a second. Oh, do you still hear yourself twice? No. Okay. Well, we did not hear you twice at any point. All right. Um, but they go to this, uh, this Mexican club, and Stony like just starts blending in with all like. The regular clientele. He starts blending in with the cholos. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he's just like, hey, guys, how are you? It's me. Uh, I'm Stone Knee. And they make him take tequila shots, which he just downs like a champ. Uh, we stand Stoney in this household. Um, and then Link hits up the dance floor. And he like starts dancing with some guy's girl. And the guy comes up. And he's just like, and he's speaking in Spanish, and he's just like, hey, don't mess with my girl. And the only words that Link has learned in Spanish class from like 30 minutes ago, it's a good callback, is he's like, um, where's the bathroom? 
I, the, the the cheese is moldy. Yep. The cheese is old and moldy. Where is the bathroom? <laughs> and the and the um the like guy who's coming up to him is just like, see, she's not worth it. And then his girl hits him, and uh, yeah, no one wins. Yeah, uh, but the cops show up, and Dave immediately pushes Stony and Robin out and says, "You guys get out of here. I'll grab Link." So the two of them run off and manage to avoid being caught by the cops. Dave and Link get taken in. Uh, second Fraser movie in a row that we've covered where he gets a mugshot taken. Yeah. Um, except this time it's like a cool mugshot because he doesn't understand what the cops are. Uh, they get locked up. They make one phone call. Dave fucking wastes his one phone call. <laughs> Dave is such a fucking idiot. Like the, Sean oh Astin, my God. such a clown in this movie. Like, Jeff, oh, you, it's ha- not, you have one. It's not you have- Polly Shore. What? He just checked his phone again. <laughs> uh, Matt, we need to like, stop this. It's like you get one fucking phone call. You know what you do? You call your lawyer or you call someone who can call a lawyer for you. You call your parents even. He calls it, Robin. And he's like, you got home, right? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, well, I'm calling to ask, will you go to the prom with me? It's he's like, like what? I'm using I'm using my one phone call to to call to call you to ask you to prom. So you gotta say yes because this is my one phone call. And she's like, no, <laughs> justifiably like, so. He's done nothing to like. He's done nothing for her this whole movie. She has no reason to want to go to prom with him. And it's literally like if someone told me that, I would be like, no, you're stupid. Call a fucking lawyer. Jesus. Oh, Sean Astin. And so instead, she's like, I want to go to the prom with Link. Can you ask him for me? And he's like, no! Damn! Like, Sean Astin. Sean Astin. to the heart. So, and, and then Sean Astin, be, he's such like an asshole in this movie. He he's is. a piece of shit. <laughs> um, he's like, well, if I can't have her, nobody can. He brings fucking, he puts Link in his car, packs up a backpack for her, drives to the middle of nowhere, drops Link off on the side of the road. Yeah. Like, Somehow Stoney finds him. I don't know how. I don't know how either. But Stoney shows up and he's like, you can't do that to him. And they fight. They get into a fight. Link breaks it up. Yeah. And they have this reconciliation moment. Ah! He's like, no! And they're like, family. Family. It's at this point when Draco Malfoy, it's like, get your hands off me, you stupid ape! <laughs> no! <laughs> Stuart picked up that I was talking about Planet of the Apes as well. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yes. I picked um, up what you were dropping down. And it's your damn dirty ape. Um, get your shit together. Um, <laughs> Homo sapien. Homo sapien. But they, he breaks it up and they like have their family moment. They reconcile. And they're like, Link's going to go to the prom with Robin. And then we'll just go as like his squad, his backup. Oh, we know. Sean asked, Dave decides he's not going to go. Stone, yeah, he and Sony are not going to go. That's right. That's what Robin pitches. She's like, you can still come. He's like, no, it'd just be you and Link. Yeah, it's pretty embarrassing, bro. Yeah. And so she and Link, it is very embarrassing. Has anyone been in that situation where they... Where a caveman um, <laughs> goes with my girlfriend instead of me? No, 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 no. Where, like, you know, a girl asks you out to the prom or they, they you ask a girl out to the prom thinking, like, that you two are going to go as dates and then you show up to the dance and she ditches you for her friends or somebody else. No, I have not had that. No one's had that experience? Have you? Bad. Have you had that experience? I feel like Stuart's uh, about to reveal I, I did that to someone. Oh! Damn! We got a real Robin Sweeney in this. Uh, yeah. 
For the record, that didn't that never happened. Oh, okay, I thought I thought you were going to be. I just want to make that very make that clarification very clear. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um. And so they go to the prom where there's like a funk group, metal group playing. It's very '90s. Everything here that, is so that '90s. That is that. So this is the part where I'm going to chime in. This is the part that I was like, okay. this is something that I. So the band that is playing is a band called Infectious Grooves. Okay. Uh, they Tell are a funk metal band, legitimately a funk metal band. Yeah. Their bassist Rob Trujillo goes on from that band to become the bassist for Metallica. Oh, <laughs> whoa! <laughs> so you're so, watching the film debut of the of the bass player for Metallica. Damn. Okay, that's kind of cool. That's that actually is, pretty cool. That is kind of cool. Uh, this is extremely '90s. This, I mean, this whole movie is very '90s. This scene, especially like the fashion statements of the '90s, in this point, are just like, "What is happening?" Yeah, we hit a moment. They're yeah. dripping. They're they're drippy. It's a lot of drippy. Yeah. Uh, Stuart, do you know what drippy means? I'd have a Gen Zer explain this to me. You're also saying it wrong. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, well, it's a drip. It's it's, it's drip or dripping. It's not drippy. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not drippy. <laughs> Yeah. Stuart, you don't know this. I know. The drip is like a compliment. It's like, you got the drip, man. No one. You're no. Dripping. If I already yes. missed the train on this. Drip is yes. a compliment. <laughs> okay. No, Jeff, what do you think it means? Well, I, I knew it was a compliment. I just heard someone's like, Jeff, you look drippy. Um, yeah. Maybe maybe they meant sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, you look wet. You, you look, look wet. drippy. You Very... look like you're dripping. Yeah, to not, you not... probably might not have been a compliment. Oh, rough. <laughs> Sad. So, yeah. Jeff's outfit's typically not not dripping. I'm dripping right now. The silence is deafening. <laughs> um, with your construction and yes, construction. Oh, there's construction. We we should wrap this. <laughs> I didn't even notice that that started. Um, so while Link is at the prom with Robin, who's starting to like have some second guessings about being with Link. Yeah. She kind of feels guilty. Right. Um, Dave and uh, Stoney are hanging out in their car. Or they're ha- just hanging out in the house. Right. Um, Dave's house. Matt, the shithead bully, um, who might actually still be a better person than Dave. Possibly. Possibly. He might be a better person than the lead character of this movie. Wouldn't ditch his friends on the side of the road. Yeah, he He'd punch him, but he wouldn't ditch him on the side of the road. He pulls up and he sneaks into Dave's room and he's trying to find like he's trying to find Link, I think. But instead he finds the Polaroids of them thawing Link out. Yeah. The man is very chill. About learning that he's been going to school with a fucking caveman. <laughs> like, he's very chill about the whole. He's like, whoa! This is how I'll win her back. Like, that's his thought. <laughs> that's his thought. Like, in the same situation, get, my get, thought would have been, like... Get it. He's very chill. He's very chill. He's very chill because he's in a block of ice. He's very chill. <sighs> Polly is not going to text you back. <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> um... Every time you pick up your phone from here on to the end of the Fraser's Edge, I'm just going to say Polly's not going to text you back, Jeff. Okay. Okay. Um, but Link... I mean, he paid money for that text. I did. I sent spent $3. But um, Link and Robin are voted prom king and queen. Right away. Yeah. K.O.E. Kwan gives them the crown. There, There is not even like a campaign for Link ever yeah. in this movie. Well, everyone just thinks he's the coolest he's guy. He's that cool. They think he's so cool. Also... And I'll be honest... Brennan Fraser showed it to my high school. 
probably be the coolest guy there. He'd also be like 50. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, time, uh, time works out. I Okay. Uh, is at this point, should we rank the prom hair now? Do you want to? I mean, it's different hair. It's up to you. If you want to, I'll bring it up. Um, You know what? Nah. Okay. Nar. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, did we lose Matt again? We might have lost Matt again. Uh, sad. Well. Very sad. Um, While we wait for him to reconnect, I'll simply say that. Um, Hold on one second. When It'll probably reconnect with, with that. There, oh, there it goes. Yeah, it's coming back. <laughs> <laughs> He's back. He's back. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you. So it, it, on, literally on my end, it, it all of a sudden showed up. On Zoom with Stuart Elmore with like three red bars next to it on on Zoom, and then uh, <laughs> and then you guys started freezing up and then you froze and I I was like wait is this call about to drop God damn it it <laughs> did drop fully lost yeah uh, Matt I was I was saying um, before we get back to the prom that Dave's biggest insult to Stony when they had a fight earlier was um, saying that the only thing he ever cared about was nugs chilling and grindage. <laughs> which are like the three basic like ways of life. The so three elements. <laughs> I mean, Stuart, whenever I'm like, someone's like, so what, what like qualities do you bring to this job that we should hire you? I'm like, nugs, nugs chilled, chilled, grindage. 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 <laughs> like, <laughs> huh? Huh? That's a fist. fist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Huh? Huh? Yeah. Huh? You need support of all three, uh, three nugs, three nugs. Um, but no, so these elect they're elected prom king and queen. Um, and then Matt comes in and he's like, I have the proof. I have the proof. This man is not from Estonia. Stop the presses. He I it. object. He's not Estonian. He's a caveman. And the crowd goes The wild. crowd literally loses their shit. They're like, yeah. Damn right he is. Yeah. And he's like, no, I'm serious. <laughs> he's totally barbaric, dude. And everyone in the crowd's like, damn right he is. Yeah. <laughs> no um, one's understanding it. Stoney and Dave come in, and Stoney like kind of just appears. Um, but Dave <laughs> As goes, he always does. Dave goes up and tries to get the Polaroids back. Um, and Matt push, punches him and throws him to the floor. And then Link takes Matt out using his kung fu skills. Yeah. From the fight montage earlier. Right. He takes um, Matt out and sends him flying into a cake where he lands. And then Pauly Shore comes over and pours punch on him. Because he got to. And he's like, groove. Leave him wet. Yeah, you got to leave him wet. Leave him wet more. Um, (laughs) And then. Leave him dripping. Leave him dripping. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. He's got the drip. Um, Stop. (laughs) (laughs) He's not going to text you back, Jeb. <laughs> Just look at <laughs> What if he does? Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so, you know, everything's been resolved, basically, at this point. Because Robin, like, she confesses to Dave. She's like, that's so sweet that you came to help your friend and your family. I think I should be here. I should have been here with you. I shouldn't have gone for Link as nice as he is. And so some what? For, for some reason she goes what? with Dave, who's like a total shithead. Yeah. Sean Aston, like, what are you doing in this movie? Like, I love you. But. It could have just been Polly Shore yeah. and Fraser. Yeah. The, that should, that would have been the two hander I'd have seen. Give them what the people want. Give them more Shore. Polly Shore. Polly Shore. 
Polly Shore. Why am I chanting Polly Shore with you? <laughs> I, I have a tremendous ability to get people to act against their own self-interest. Uh, so you said. Yeah, including getting you to chant Polly Shore. <laughs> and just uh, consent to another podcast yes. with you. Yes. Um, and so, like, 90s music starts playing, as it does frequently in this movie. And they go back to Dave and Stoney's house, and they have a party. Yeah. And um, Link is, like, catching it up on the dance floor. And then he's hanging out with Stoney, and they smell smoke. And they're like, where did that come from? And so they scuttle up the house. It's a shot-for-shot remake of the scene in the movie where Dave and Stoney find Link. Yeah. But who do they find in this Instead, one? they open up the bedroom, and instead of uh, Link in there, it's the cave woman who uh, his family. Where'd she come from? No idea. <laughs> How'd she get thought out? I have not the foggiest idea. Where was there she was dug a, up? So a scene we missed is that when uh, they, when uh, Matt, not Matt, uh, 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 Sean Os, Dave and Stoney leave to go get Matt, to go like catch up yeah. with Matt, there's an earthquake. Yes. Oh. That was supposed to be your telltale sign? Yes, that's the telltale. That's the sign. Oh, is that another caveman? There's another earthquake. Another caveman has appeared. <laughs> so every time so, we feel an earthquake, folks, that know that a caveman, caveman has, has appeared. appeared. It's like every time a bell rings, an angel gets. It's every time an earthquake, uh, a caveman gets thawed out. Yeah, <laughs> a, a caveman. Appears. Turns out, none, no caveman actually dies in the prehistoric <laughs> they, era. They, they all, just get frozen. They all come back. What if, like, just one day, like. You just got a buzz in your phone. You're like, the cavemen have risen. <laughs> like the cave, my cavemen just start unthawing and taking over the country. But they're cavemen. <laughs> the president has to like declare a national emergency. He's like, there's too many cavemen, folks. <laughs> Becomes a District 9 thing where we yeah. have to like herd them all into a one Cavemen just like throwing spears at Empire State Building. Yeah. Dump them on uh, Madagascar or something but, uh, like that. This, this, um, this cave woman is named Cave Nug. Because Polly Shore keeps calling women nugs in this movie. Why are women nugs? I have no idea, and I don't want to dig into it. <laughs> um, we're just not going to talk about it. Um, but Fraser's like, family! And he has his family back, and everything's happy. He They clean her up. She gets dressed in modern clothes, which is just like a bikini. Basically. Um, she's literally just wearing like a bikini. Like jean shorts, short jean shorts, and, and a, a bra. Bikini. Yeah, that's it. And Fraser and her have a big hug. Link's happy. Dave is with Robin. Stoney is living his best life, apparently. Uh, they all hug, and there's a freeze frame on Link smiling, and the movie ends. The movie ending with a freeze frame. Yeah. Back-to-back uh, Fraser smiling freeze frames to end these movies. What a good movie. I kind of really vibed with it. I enjoyed it. Uh, I recommend it. Is it a great movie? No, but I did quite enjoy it. Be in a certain he, here, state of mind. Here's my recommendation. Here's my recommendation. Get some edibles. Yeah. <laughs> watch this movie. Watch this movie high. I totally agree. I would say be in a certain state of mind when you watch this movie. Watching it I stone think... cold sober in your mid-20s. Instead, <laughs> you can watch this movie stone cold sober after a two-hour conversation about wedding plate. Oh, Yeah. Which is what you is, it, is that what happened to you? That is what happened to me this morning, um, in which I was just ready for this escapism, and I really enjoyed it. And for uh, folks, or I audience, watched it last night and then rewatched it this morning while I was technically at work. Yes, nice. Your boss doesn't listen to this podcast, so I think you're fine. Does he not? Uh, uh, if if uh, if he does, uh, hi Adam. 
Hi, Adam. Uh, I'll be back to work in a little bit. <laughs> um, I'm currently supposed to be at work right now. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, yeah, for folks at home in our audience who are very invested in your host individual daily lives, uh, Jeff's engaged. Yeah, I am. Yeah, That's Jeff is true. engaged. Who are, you getting, cool. who are you getting married to, Jeff? Uh, previous guest of the show, Rebecca Johnson. Mark. Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> Mark, T- Mark Tilly and Mark me. Tilly. Uh, no, Mark Tilly's also getting married, but I don't know if he wants me to reveal that on the podcast, but I just did. Um, <laughs> hi, Mark. I, I am getting, not getting married, folks, for anybody um, who was wondering that. Yeah. I'm not getting married. Stuart, I'll get married to you if you want. Oh, thanks, Matt. I appreciate Sweet. that. Sweet. A lot. All right. What does that sound? What does that sound? Got like a lot of background noise all of a sudden. Sound like from me, Matt? Are you at the ocean? Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like there's just like waves. All right, it just went away, so <laughs> it's gone. Uh, any post text? So this movie does have an interesting bit of post text. Um, so it was made for a budget of seven million dollars. Wait, goes no, on... we're missing a scene. We're missing a scene. We're missing an important scene. Credits come up, and then immediately, like the first credits come up, it's like, or it's like the 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 you know the like the end screen, and then you get uh, a a great shot of Polly Shore with sunglasses saying, "I'll be back." <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot this, about that. One. Oh yes, that does actually happen in this movie. Because we're that it is that brings us back to a missed bit where like when uh, Link was wandering through the house back when he was initially thought out. He looked at the TV, and what was playing on the screen? The Terminator during the titular scene, I'll be back scene. And Link says that again when they leave the 7-Eleven. He looks at the clerks and is like, I'll be back. And to call back to then the final end credit scene with Polly Shore looking at the camera, breaking the fourth wall, saying, I'll be back. Ladies and gentlemen. And it's very clearly, very clearly uh, that scene it has, it has inspired similar scenes from Marvel movies. <laughs> yes. Where you get the, the the black screen with white text saying, you know, Doctor Thanos will return. Will, be, will return. Obviously, those are a callback to this scene. Polly Shore in, will Polly Shore doing that. Yes. Yes. It's all been set up. Yeah. It's all part of the uh, the Encino Man cinematic universe. Just you wait until we get the Encino Man Captain America team up. We've all been craving. <laughs> Encino, the first bum, Avenger. Bum 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 bum. bum. <laughs> But this movie um, on a $7 million budget is a big success. Financial success. Yes, financial success. It makes $40 million, 40.7. Damn. Which Pretty is, good for $7 million. Yeah, I mean, if you do basic Hollywood logic, you need to like double your budget to make a profit, if not a little more. And so this movie made like four time, four to five times its budget, which is good. Um, this was in an era in the early 90s where, like, a movie like this, which basically starred no one of note save for Paulie Shore, who was just an MTV star. Yeah. And could Sean make, Astin, kind of. Uh, Sean Astin, yeah. Could make a tidy little profit. Yeah. And so made a tidy little profit, and it's it's what pushes Fraser into stardom. He doesn't become, like, a megastar off of this. He doesn't get an Oscar nomination. He doesn't get an Oscar nomination. He doesn't become, like, everyone's talking about Fraser after this. But people see this movie and they're like, that guy was funny. That guy was good. What what else has he done? And they're like, well, this is basically his first movie, unless you count a television movie. Yeah. And a cameo in Dogfight. And a background extra role in Child of Darkness, Child of Light. But uh, anyway. Um, so 
it's like this is the movie that begins the Fraser's Edge journey that we're really going on. Yeah. In that after this, Fraser starts getting asked to do more comedy roles. He starts getting big Hollywood productions. After proving that he can anchor something that's financially successful with this. Yeah. Which it is financially successful. Not so much in the realm of critical. It gets a 17% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, which is like, I think, not deserved. The uh, yeah. the the consensus for it says Encino Man isn't the first unabashedly silly comedy to embrace a st- stupidity and mass a cult following, but whether or not it works for you will largely be determined by your tolerance for Pauly Shore. And I'll and tell, let you, me tell you, I had a higher tolerance for <laughs> Pauly Shore really in this movie. Really high Pauly Shore tolerance. But you know what? Audiences loved Encino Man. Critics put out the head. <laughs> <laughs> this movie got an A Cinema Score. Wow. Which if as if the audience isn't aware, cinema score is like live polls from people coming out of movies. Very, basically, if a movie gets anything lower than a like a B plus, it's disaster zone. Yeah, because almost everyone walking out of theater gives the movie a good score, and so it like really takes a bad movie to get below a B plus. But getting an A is like a very solid position for this movie to be in. Yeah, it's A plus is the ultimate one. Like only a few movies get that every year. Top Gun Maverick, I think, was the most recent one. Yeah, because everyone loved Top Gun Maverick. Audiences, America loves it. Um, but this thing, it really succeeded with audiences, especially younger, you know, millennial Gen X um, audiences. Millennials are like being born. Millennials are being born, so I'd say yeah. Gen X audiences. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This kind of taps into the like the zeitgeist of the early '90s, which is kind of this off kilter style of humor in some respect. Right. This kind of like yeah, fuck the man. It's about a caveman and some stoners who run around. Pretty much, yeah. Kind of ideology. Um, Paulie Shore does win a Razzie Award for this for worst new star, and I just gotta say disrespectful. <laughs> it's, just, it's just, it's just, not, it's just rude. What's your game here, Bud? Bud D. Uh, and so, this movie, after you know, kickstarting Fraser and Shore's careers and having the impact it does, it does get a sequel. Why? Why? You didn't know. Encino Woman. There's Encino Woman, which was an ABC television movie in 1996. It is so non-existent. There's no poster for it available online. I found it on YouTube, and it looks terrible. It's awful. Look Don't watch it. Did you watch it? Holy shit. Uh, I watched part of it. Holy shit. Like, this looks like it was shot in 1977, not yeah. 1995. It was shot after Encino Man. Somehow it looks 10 times worse. Yeah. And mainly it was like an ABC television movie, so like you, you can't expect much. Yeah. But they did make a spinoff to this called Encino Woman that nobody liked. Um, with good reason. However. There is conversation. Wait, yes. According to Pauly Shore, um, who like we will say, like, I'm not sure I'll maybe I'll maybe I'll text him and ask him. Um, <laughs> Pay another three dollars. <laughs> yeah, send another three dollars and be like, Hey, you make an Encino Man too? According to him, there there's this lovely article about this movie you can find on Inverse called The Oral History of Encino Man. Um, I'd highly recommend any of our audience read it. It's really fun and really interesting. Um, I just don't really have this whole episode to go into this episode. <laughs> so, yeah. That's going to be but, a Patreon. Yeah. In this um, podcast, um, there is Pauly Shore claims that Disney Plus is considering doing a sequel. And that they would bring him, Fraser, and Sean Astin back. Not only that, in Variety, he, he says uh, 
he says that his agent and him are talking about it and that uh, uh, Brendan and, and Sean Austin were all keen to do it. I get the tremendous feeling that this is like Pauly Shore trying to will this into existence. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't. I think Disney might have just casually been like, what properties do we own? And they're like, oh, this and this, Father of the Bride, uh, Parent Trap, and Encino Man, and Pauly Shore like, 10 blocks away heard that and was like they're Cino making man. a sequel Cino man, 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 and he's like man, and he's man, start, man. <gasps> yeah. Pauly Shore wakes up from the grave dust coming out of his breath yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> the yeah. bones start <laughs> <laughs> he didn't make Pauly Shore is dead it's like the earth quivers as the shores rise back up, his eyes open, glowing yellow and white. Polly Shore has entered the chat, ladies and gentlemen. Doing the Transformers title sequence. Polly Shore is back. Polly Shore returns in Encino Man 2. Meanwhile, Brendan Fraser just gets a call. It's like, hey, you want to be in Encino Man 2? Uh, is there anything else on the schedule? No. All right. Yeah, sure. But no, it's like I know um, this movie, in addition to like the $40 million that I said I made in box office, it over time made over $100 million in revenues um, like with toys and masks and DVDs. Jesus Christ. Because this was at the height where like VHS and DVD sales would make big money. Yeah. So maybe over $100 million. So it really turned up profit for them. Polly Shore so back it, in his cave, it, forging the yeah. armor that he's going to wear on Encino Man 2. Like it really does make like... <laughs> Brendan Fraser just lightly reading the script. <laughs> uh, and they claim that like, you know, Polly Shore claims that he runs into Dave Grohl a lot because he lives in Encino. And he'll be like, hey, you're the Encino Man. Um, But the um, the cinematographer for this movie... And I want to talk about the lasting impact because we've talked about money and sequels and shit. Um, the same time of this movie, Robert Brinkman said, you know, every film soon is out there wanting to make The Godfather. And then you make Encino Man. And all of a sudden, it's what people respond to. And you go, oh, that's not what I thought I was going to be doing, but I'm happy they like it. And that's... Good for you, Robert. And that's where he's like, yeah, I just really didn't intend for this to happen, but... I'm glad that people like this movie because we had fun making it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But this is... There's a little bit of spoiler, but this is not the last time we're going to see Link. It isn't? This isn't the last time we're going to be seeing Link on the show. I don't know. It's not the last time you're going to see the character of Link played by Brendan Fraser. It's not the last time we're going to see the character of Link played by Brendan Fraser. Oh, my God. He might be back. Oh, my God. He might be back. But you remember how, you remember how Jeff said that there are like uh, uh, four Pauly Shore movies. Oh God! Yeah. Oh God! Oh, oh God! I, I finally remembered. Um, I found the the quote I really wanted to bring up um, from Fraser talking about this movie. Uh, so the next movie we're covering next week is going to be School Ties. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, it was filmed first before Encino Man. Yeah. And Fraser talked about, you know, after this came out and then School Ties. He was very adamant about School Ties. It was a movie he was very proud of working on. Uh, and during an interview for School Ties, he said he was happy to be seen in School Ties to prove that I can do more things than grunt, rub sticks together, and ogle valley girls. Yeah. And so I think that right there is hesitant while he why he was um, hesitant to do a sequel. 
Yeah. Because he didn't want to be known for this. Right. Even though this is basically, you know, the template that's going to define some of his upcoming uh, characters. Yeah. Um, and he additionally also, like, this article, which is, you know, the um, the oral history of Encino Man, points out what I brought up in both this episode and last week as what Fraser's, what a Fraser character is, what makes him a movie star is that his characters are all the naive, good-hearted stranger, clueless and innocent, plopped in, into society. And that's most of his characters are a person who's removed from the society that they're in. Um, but they're good-hearted, slightly naive, a little clueless, a little goofy, but they just really br- draw your attention with that natural good nature. And so this does provide the template for, like, Rick O'Connell, who fits into that zone very much. Or George of the Jungle. George of the Jungle, same kind of person. He, Fraser just has this tremendous way of demonstrating, like, human kindness, of, like, radiating empathy that comes out in this movie um, especially. And I think that's why people really caught on to him and kind of propelled his career after this. Wow. Very well spoken, Jeff. Yeah. He has a, a deep sense of humanity to him. And that's basically the extent of the impact of this movie because we'll talk about the impact of it next week and the week after that when we start seeing it live. Yeah. Great. Well, on that topic, Matt, do you have any final thoughts on this movie? No final thoughts on this movie. No final my, thoughts. My, my thoughts are empty. Thank you for coming on to talk about um, Encino Man. Of course. Stuart, any final thoughts? those are my final thoughts my final thoughts are family Um, family the Dominic Toretto way my family will protect you Um, so yeah thank you some folks so much for listening Um, please we hope you enjoyed our episode on Cena Man make sure to tune next week for our episode on School Ties um, a movie that Brendan Fraser was very proud of and put a lot of work into, and then it uh, flopped. Um, please remember to rate, review, subscribe, whatever platforms you're listening on. As a reminder, as always, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Come on up to our Reddit, r slash Travolting, uh, Twitter or Instagram at TravoltingPod, TravoltingPodcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at Jeff W. Sweeney. Uh, Matt, you have something to plug. Yeah, if you're a fan of wrestling, go check out the Learning the Ropes podcast, uh, hosted by myself and my friend Andrew Kadrich, who are long-time long, long wrestling fans, as we make our friend Tyler watch uh, wrestling, uh, just show the history of wrestling to him. If you are not a fan of wrestling, still listen to the podcast, because uh, it's about a person who does not care about wrestling, learning about yeah, wrestling. Yeah, you might, you might find you like it. Yeah, you might discover that you are a wrestling fan. Um... And with that, I'll also say, as always, special thanks to Michael Van Bodegum Smith for the theme music that's now taking you out, and Rebecca Johnson for our graphic design. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week for our school ties. Bye.